0: Any views, thoughts, or opinions expressed on the Rejuvenating Health podcast are solely that of the speakers and are intended as such. Please contact your trusted medical practitioner for medical advice. Let's go, girls. Hey ladies, welcome back to the Rejuvenating Health Podcast. I'm Shauna, and as always, I'm here with women's health nurse practitioner, Lindsay Van Schoik. If you missed last week's episode, please go back and tune in. We talked about um, exercising on your menstrual cycle, and there were some really helpful tips in there because I don't think that it's talked about enough in women's health. But today, we're going to talk about being active in perimenopause and menopause.
1: Yeah, so we've talked a lot about exercise in the last two episodes. So We started with just some general principles of exercise for anyone and everyone, some strength training, flexibility, zone two training, zone five training, and all that stuff is really important still to be doing when you're peri and post-menopause. But we need to train up our training. We need to change up our training when we're in this age range because our hormones are changing. So I'm gonna first explain what peri and postmenopause is because I think a lot of our listeners, I know we've talked about this in previous episodes, but a lot of people don't know, they get really confused around menopause and what it is. So, Shauna, what's menopause? I'm gonna quiz you. I know you better get this it's, right.
0: It's one day. One day. It's only one day. Yeah. Yes, it's only one day. So menopause is one day. It is, there's two ways you can go into menopause.
1: One, you can have your ovaries surgically removed and that throws you into menopause. Or the second is it's been one year since you have had your last menstrual cycle. There are some other things like medications called like Lupron and stuff like that. They can kind of throw you into menopause. But for most of our listeners, it's going to be your ovaries were surgically removed or it's been a year since you've had any type of bleeding. If you've, if it's been six months, you're not in menopause. If you went 11 months and then had a period, you're not in menopause. It starts over again. So it's a full year with no bleeding. So everything before that, that used to tick my mom. I I had a client yesterday or a patient yesterday. And she was like, I hadn't had a period in six months. And I started one today. And I'm like, "Eh, sorry, you start all over again. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I talked to a lady last night, and she hadn't had a period in 10 months. And I was like, girl, you're almost there. I was like, hold off, two more months. <laughs> she was just cracking up. I was like, wow, you're almost there. It's a huge party. It's a huge
1: milestone, right? It, so just for reference, if you ever have any bleeding after that, you should contact your physician because that's not normal. Um, so everything before that one day in time is perimenopause so before menopause, everything after is post-menopause. So a lot of people start having the hormone fluctuations associated with perimenopause about 10 years before menopause actually occurs. And there's no way to know or guess when this starts happening. Sometimes a lot of women go through menopause around the same time that their mom went through menopause. So if your mom went through menopause in her 40s, you're probably more likely to go through menopause in your late 40s. If she was almost 60, then maybe we we tend to follow that genetics. But environment plays a huge role in everything. And we've talked about that before on different podcasts. So you don't really know. Like there's no marvelous thing that happens and you're like oh i'm in perimenopause now like you just start having hormone fluctuations sometimes your periods change you start going longer they start going shorter they start becoming heavier they start being lighter you start having hot flashes you start maybe not being interested in your husband anymore i don't know
0: (laughs) So, like, as i said intercourse it's like we're five years old we can't (laughs) say
1: say the word um (sighs) You could have hot flashes. You could start having some unwanted weight gain, lots of different things. So there's no way to tell if you're a perimenopause. There's totally ways to tell if you're postmenopause. Um, so if you're someone that has like an IUD and you don't know if you're postmenopause, then we, te- we test FSH and estrogen levels and we can tell if you're menopause. Hormone testing before that, your hormones are so all over the place, it's really hard to tell what's going on. You could be estrogen-dominant, progesterone-dominant, It just it's really all over the place. So it's really hard to tell. But that's kind of the breakdown of perimenopause and postmenopause and how you know if you fall into this category. For ease of sake of this exercise, this conversation about exercise around menopause. I'm just gonna say if you're in your 40s, you should probably be more listening to this episode than the one about working out with your period. You still have a period when you're in your 40s, but these training principles apply a little bit more to you um, than they would probably the last episode, right? So I still want you doing all the things that we talked about in the first episode. We talked about exercise, but there are some things that you need to change whenever we get into peri post menopause. One of that is the way that we strength train. So there's different types of strength training. There's strength training for like strength. There's strength training for muscle growth, which is hypertrophy. Um, there's just there's different ways to strain your muscles. And so when we are peri and post-menopause, we want to train, muscle train for strength. We want our muscles to be strong. We don't care if they're big. Um, that's hypertrophy training. Hypertrophy training's where... You do lots of reps and you can grow your muscles. We want strength training so that that nerve firing and the muscle fibers are working really hard to get you a strong contraction to where almost to where you're really working on strength. Hypertrophy works more where it rips the muscle and it causes it to rebuild, which causes it to grow. So there's actual strength training and there's more Hypertrophy training. I want you when you're this age to be strength training. So when I talk about strength training, it's really about how much you can lift in in one rep, in five reps, in six reps. How much can you lift properly without getting injured? Hypertrophy training is where we're probably doing more like 10, 20 reps, lighter weight, it's more endurance you can get out of breath, stuff like that. We want you doing stuff that grows strength. And that's because as we get older, that strength diminishes because estrogen gives us this anabolic stimulus to really synthesize our muscles. And it really gives us this neuromuscular connection. And we lose that. We lose this explosive neuromuscular connection when we start losing estrogen. And so we really want to be strength training. So how strong of a contraction can we get in that fiber in your muscle to have a strong force, like a fast force, right? So we're looking at that like three to five rep range. I don't really ever want my ladies in their 60s to be doing a one rep max. That sounds dangerous and scary (laughs) to me. Like that's a lot of pressure on your joints that you don't necessarily need, but picking a weight. Where you can only do about five reps. And then that last rep is really hard to get up. That's about where you should be with strength training. You just need to strength train about three days a week. You need to do something where you squat, where you pick something up, where you put something over your head. If you're new to this, just squatting your body weight might be strength training. Yeah. Just squatting, um, holding a 10 pound dumbbell might be strength training. You might only be able to get five yeah. reps strength it's it's yeah. totally dependent on your ability.
0: Yeah, and I think that's helpful for women to hear who are listening because I think a lot of women are intimidated, right? When they hear strength training, they they think, you know, overhead pressing or like heavy deadlifts, but it's not that. Like you said, if we will start where they are. So if they can only bodyweight squat, then that's what we do and then you work your way up. But it doesn't have to be intimidating. Yeah,
1: like I started five new clients this week and every single one of them are doing bodyweight exercises. For their strength training, because they haven't been doing strength training. So if you follow me on Instagram, like, yeah, I have 200 pounds on my back and I'm squatting it, but I've been doing it for years. Like that's strength training for me. If you can't barely squat down and get back up, like for five reps, then that's strength training for you. It's very individualized. And I think old ladies, are not old ladies, that wasn't very nice. Sometimes the older population is like scared and timid to do it. Um, Yeah. And you can get hurt. And that's one thing that's really important inside of rejuvenating is um, like Kimberly's on staff who's a physical therapist. So we do a lot of exercise videos and we have a lot of stuff um, that can help with that. And there's nothing wrong with you going to work with a trainer for a few sessions to learn the proper technique. Um, But you also need to be following a workout plan. Like you can't be willy nilly going to the gym, doing whatever comes to your mind that day. Like that's not going to get you results. Right. Yeah. So you have to strength train. You have to ladies, non-negotiable. That estrogen is declining and that muscle is, is going away. And then you're going to be skinny fat and no one wants to be skinny fat. We've talked about that. Nope. We've talked about that. So another thing that you should be incorporating is plyometrics. And like when I tell our clients to do plyometrics, they hate me.
0: So they look like a deer in headlights. Well, they just
1: don't like it. It's hard. Yeah. Plyometrics is is hard, right? So, th- and I get that. Like, it is, it is hard. It's bounding. It, that's the idea of it. The idea of it is, it is for it to be hard. But remember when we're training in peri and post-menopause, we're training to maintain our neuromuscular integrity. And so what that means is we want to be able to keep that fast twitch, strong contraction, speed, power, all those things that we lose when we're aging. So plyometrics is a good way to maintain that speed, the ability to sprint, the ability to bound up the stairs, the ability to have some explosiveness, right? And so that's why it's so important. But plyometric works really well for something called gene transcription. I talk a lot about genetics with what workouts you should be doing and and stuff like that. But there's also this part of genetics called epigenetics and plyometrics causes what's called an epigenetic change. So when our bodies are exposed to stressors, we have some genes that allow us to benefit or not from that stressor. So one of the best examples I can give you of this is, Shauna, you went through puberty, right? Yeah. (laughs) So when you look back at pictures and you were. Been there, done that. <laughs> when you look back at pictures and you were a seven to eight year old little girl, did you have hips? No. Okay. But then your body and your hormones changed and you got exposed to estrogen. And what happened? Mm-hmm.
0: I got hips, a butt, and my boobs were quite large. You know, you like your booty. We had to take care of oh, that. Oh, gosh. We had to take care of yeah that was just not good. <laughs> my 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 parents used to joke that my boobs entered the room like two minutes before I did because oh they were just they were out of control guys for real they were. But well, anyway, at least your at least happened. your back is safe now. One hundred percent that yeah so that's what happened when I hit puberty.
1: So as girls when we hit puberty estrogen it's an epi it's an ex, it's a stressor on our body it causes our hips to widen. Okay. So plyometrics causes a stressor in our body that causes our muscle cells to change. And so it causes our muscle integrity of the muscle cell to improve. Um, So it helps with contractile strength, response, reaction. It also really helps improve the mitochondrial function of our cells. And the mitochondrial function of your cell is like the powerhouse of your cell. And so the more mitochondria you have, the more mitochondrial function you have, the more fuel you have available for your muscles to where they can work, right? So mm. doing plyometrics helps our muscle cells have more fuel.
0: Now, do you want to give them an example, some examples of like what plyometrics yeah, is? Because I, I think maybe some of them might not know. Okay.
1: I'm going to do that. But one more thing that I think that they want to know about is Because our muscle cells can have more fuel, it helps transport glucose into that muscle cell. So it helps with insulin sensitivity and insulin resistance. And we've talked about this before. When you're in menopause, we get a lot more insulin resistant, and we want our muscles to be able to use sugar and carbohydrates. So that's why you should do it. Yes. Okay. So we have this awesome PDF of plyometric workouts. You can totally comment and and grab it. But it really has to do with jumping. So one of our, like one example is you're going to do three rounds, 45 seconds of work with 15 seconds of rest of jumping lunges, jumping air squats, tuck jumps, skaters, mountain climbers. That sounds hard for a lot of people. Well, if a lot of people read that, they're going to be like, "Mm, I can't do that. Not today. So. When we do plyometrics, we start slow. We start slow and work our way up, right? So maybe if you're doing jumping lunges, you're not going all the way down to the ground, especially if you have a knee problem, right? Maybe you're just lunging a little bit and you're exploding up. What we're really concerned about with plyometrics is the exploding up, which I know you can't see your hands, so I don't know why I'm like doing air motions and
0: and They can because we're going to be on the YouTube oh, okay. now. All right,
1: you're right, you're right. So <laughs> when we do plyometrics, it's not some like you can squat to a bench and then explode up. Right? The aim is the aim of it is how well is your form and how explosive are you? That's what we're looking for when we're doing plyometrics, and it's so important.
0: And the explosive might not be super explosive right off the bat, right? Like they just need to jump as far as they can because eventually then they'll be able to explode better and better as they progress with the movement. Yeah. So like, I know one thing that I do for
1: plyometrics is I'll try to do like a max height box jump, right? So I'll give myself a few tries in the gym to see how high I can jump on a box. Probably shouldn't do that if you're just starting
0: because- Do you put plates? Do you put plates on the box? You're so brave. Do you get
1: nervous? Well, I used to, but now I can jump. always made me nervous. Listen, have you ever mixed, <laughs> mi-
0: ugh, missed a box jump? Yes, that's why I'm saying it. hurts. Like I was, And you're just like, do-do-do-do-do, i do, do, am going to add all these plates <laughs> and jump on <laughs> I used to only jump on a soft <laughs> box
1: because when I first yeah. started CrossFit, I missed the box, and I have this huge scar. Shin. I have a huge scar on, on my your shin. shin. And okay. it petrified me for a long time, so then I would only do soft box. But then... I fell over the soft box because it just like kind
0: of falls <laughs> and look at you now back to the wooden box with place. So on now it. I just make sure I don't miss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> maybe you just jump up on a stair, you know, like there's lots of ways to do in the air. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah. another way is like a broad jump, right? Like, so Lainey, when we were at cheer combine they tested it's like agility testing right plyometrics is agility so how high can you jump how long can you jump like those are all forms of plyometrics
0: right and agility you know comes from agile and everybody as you get older you need to be agile so yeah so you should be doing it i always tell my clients do it at least one day a week right A one day, they can do that. Yeah,
1: so like they might hate me on that day when I give them their workout, but
0: they do it one day. But but they'll like you whenever they get the
1: results. Exactly. So if you need some plyometric workouts, shoot us, follow us on Instagram, shoot us a message um, because we have a PDF full of plyometrics exercises for you. If you're a client, you just get assigned them. And like I said, this is where having a coach works. The women I started last week, I don't have them doing plyometrics. They're not ready yet. Like, mm-hmm. this is for someone that's, like, actively working out. I, like, if you're being a couch potato, please don't go try to just, like, dive into any of this stuff without working with a coach because you're going to hurt yourself.
0: That's what I was going to say for women listening or whoever listening, if they don't have experience or they haven't worked out in years, it is really better to get a coach. Like don't go out and just try to make your own workout plan or Google it or buy, you know, one for 19.99 off the internet. You need to have someone who understands what's happening with your body, who knows where you're at and can meet you there and set you up for results. Yeah. A
1: hundred percent So I, Yeah. And uh, like it's really confusing, right? Like a lot of the ladies that we work with grew up in the aerobics era, or Zumba, which yeah, that's fine if you want jazzercise, to totally fine if you want to do that for your aerobic exercise. But you have to do strength training, and you have to do plyometrics, and you have to do sprint training, which is what we're going to talk about next. Which is that zone five training, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about that before, but let's talk about why sprint training is so important for peri-postmenopausal ladies. So. Sprint training is essentially that super high intense stuff, right? We're looking at like 20 seconds max out effort. So how many women have we come to us complaining like, I have all this belly fat now. Like I'm paring postmenopause and I've never had this gut and now I have this gut. 90%.
0: It's
1: so bad, right? So yeah. That's what happens when your estrogen starts declining. You start getting more visceral um, abdominal fat around your belly. And sprint training can really help this. It's actually way more beneficial than steady state cardio. So there was actually this study done um, of a 12-week program where they did high intensity versus long study. And the people that did high intensity, their visceral fat was down their lean mass was up, their cardiovascular markers, their health markers were up, and their total body fat decreased. Their VO2 also increased. So it had way more positive effects of doing 30 minutes of sprint versus 30 minutes of slow and steady. So what does this look like? Uh, Like, what does it look like? And if you have 30 minutes to work out, I would much rather you instead of getting on your bicycle or treadmill or whatever, and just doing this slow state cardio. I want you to like sprint full out for 20 seconds and then recover for like two minutes. Bring your heart rate all the way back down. Right. So a lot of times a workout that I'll program for our women is like, do a five minute warm up. Um, if you like to run, maybe you do a five minute slow jog. Let your heart rate come back down, and then you're going to do 10 sets of 20 second sprint, one and one minute, 40 seconds of walking or slow jogging or something. This is something that I do almost every day. I still, I still love to run. uh, but I know that steady state running isn't that great for me. So a lot of times in the morning I'll go out on a 30 minute run and I'll run for five minutes and then I'll do a 20 second all out sprint. And then I'll slow way down and do like a jog. And I get my heart rate like back down to the one twenties and then I'll do a 20 second sprint and bring my heart rate back down. It's way better for me than doing a 30 minute slow jog.
0: Yeah. And if you think about it, sprint training sounds a little bit intimidating, but if you think about it that way, you're putting max effort for 20 seconds and then the rest of your time, you're bringing it back down. So it's not like you're just balls to the wall, like all the time, you know, you're having that rest time in between. So it's not quite as bad. I would. Yeah, it's not. And
1: it's it. So this helps reduce your visceral fat and body fat, but it also helps like you need to maintain top-end speed, right? Like if your grandchild's running out in the middle of the road, you need to be able to dart out and get them so they don't get hit. I <laughs> was like kind of a morbid <laughs> example here,
0: but- It was quite dramatic, was. But don't let little Timmy play in traffic right. unless you're fast. But again, it also really helps pull
1: that blood sugar, carbohydrates, glucose into your muscle. So that way we're using it as fuel and not storing it as fat. So peri and post ladies, like this is a lot like, oh my gosh, what does an exercise plan look like? You've like, huh, you've given us so much information from the first week and this week. Like, what do I do with it? Right? So mm-hmm. here's what you need to do. You need to like, here's the perfect plan for a client that I had in peri postmenopause that like has time to do all of this. Right. I want them doing... Um, three sessions of zone two. We talked about that. So it's three sessions of like 45 to 60 minutes of some zone two. The days that you do that zone two training, you could do a sprint workout alongside it. You could do a plyometric workout alongside it, or you could do 15 to 20 minutes of strength training alongside of it, right? So we're looking at three days of strength training a plyo, and an interval day. So five days of workouts, and then you can add your zone two on any of those days. Those workouts are like 30 minutes. They don't have to be long. They don't have to be crazy, but you need to be doing all of those things in your training. Now, I know we have a lot of people on here that love CrossFit, and I'm about to burst your bubble. Those long CrossFit Metcons are not good for you they raise your cortisol level. So if you're one of my clients, and I know you're going to a CrossFit class, you have to give me your CrossFit workouts. And I modify them for you. Anything that's over 15 to 20 minutes, I'm adding some rest in there, or I'm modifying some of the workouts. And I love CrossFit. I own two CrossFit gyms. Like I do CrossFit. It's just doing like MRF when we're menopausal probably isn't necessarily the best for us sometimes mm-hmm. um, doing those like long 30 minute cardio met cons, we would get more benefit from increasing the weight and adding rest or turning it into some kind of sprint. So I always work with my clients and I don't, take you out of your crossfit class you i love crossfit i love that you go do crossfit but we're modifying your workouts so that way you're getting the best stimulus for you and your age because that's the great thing about crossfit it's for everyone and anyone but that workout of the day is not specifically written for you and your age Mm -hmm. and your body and so it's great to have a coach that can come in and help you be able to participate in that class and that atmosphere but alter your training program that is specifically towards you.
0: Right. Yeah. Because a lot of women have that mentality. They'll come to us and they'll be like, well, I'm working out six to seven days a week. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And they think they're doing it right because they're doing so much. But in reality, they're doing it wrong because they're doing so much. Yeah.
1: I mean, we have that too. Like i have people, we have a lot of runners and we're like, whoa, you got to stop running so much because you're like not helping your body composition. At all, mm-hmm. and that was one of the hard things that for me to learn. Like, my body composition changed so much when I went from running the Boston Marathon to more focusing on health and longevity. Like, I was pretty skinny fat when I was doing that, I would say. <laughs> like, I, I was fine, but. I was, was fine, but I also wasn't healthy. Like I had pre diabetes yeah. because of running so much, which is crazy to think, but like, I wasn't eating the best carbohydrates. I was fueling for my runs rather than fueling for health.
0: Yeah. And I get it. It's tough whenever you really enjoy something and you know, then you find out it's really not the best for you, but there are other things that you can learn and different things that you can learn to enjoy that we can incorporate into it. That makes you still, you know, excited and enjoy exercising. Yeah, it still makes
1: you active. It still makes you enjoy. Yeah, just like what you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what I said. Yeah, you're smart. <laughs> you're smarter.
1: <laughs> All right. So that's kind of it when it comes to peri and postmenopause training. Like, There are tons of resources out there for you available now. Um, if you're wanting more information on this, Dr. Stacey Sims has a really good book called there, She has a course called Menopause for Athletes. She has some books. Um, Women are not small men. And then she came out with a, a one about menopause as well. Um, so that's good. Um, I promise you that your doctor's not going to ha- know how to train you during menopause. So probably don't ask your physician on what you should be doing because they're going to tell you that you're going to hurt yourself and you should be just walking. And that's not good for your health. So, yeah.
0: So don't do that. So don't do
1: that. But that's one of the great I- things about working with us too is... We do, we take all this guesswork out for you and put you on a plan that's
0: specifically to you. Right. Yeah. Um, I should have known this ahead of time, but this is just surreal and how it is. Are we podcasting next week? We're going to Mexico, ladies. We're, next week, we're in Mexico. Oh, we should totally podcast from Mexico. Yeah. We'll take our stuff. Yeah. That'd be cute. We could have a nice background and we'll be together. And now we'll be snuggling. Oh, stay tuned. Stay tuned, ladies. We will podcast. Next week on fire. But
1: listen, the room yeah. situation is cracking me up. It's very funny. So there's eight it's of us funny. going to Mexico for a rejuvenating trip. And no one wants to room with me because I go to bed early and I get up early. And I like my routine. So Shauna has to room with me and, and suck
0: it up. I'm the lucky yeah. one. Did you see my hashtag last night? Hashtag, baby, I'm the lucky oh my one. <laughs> Yeah, but it will be so fun. So what will we talk about? Let's tell them what we're going to talk about next week before we end. Well, we're going
1: to dive into some more exercise stuff. I just haven't figured out exactly what. So, We're still going to stay on this exercise topic um, because I think we haven't hashed all of it out yet. Um, I really think we need to dive more into strength training. Like, what does it look like for a beginner, intermediate, um, more advanced? Because I know that's where I find that women are the most hesitant to go is the strength
0: training. It's needed so bad let's do that yeah and maybe we can even make some videos on the beach oh yeah of examples oh this is gonna be great okay yep we'll do that Sean is so excited now I am so excited we're gonna have so much footage this is gonna be fantastic so tune in (laughs) next week we'll be at the beach and we'll be talking more about exercises and that will be helpful so if you ladies are confused about where to start or you're kind of in the middle of your journey or even like full out in your journey there will be lots of tips that will be helpful for you guys And if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, feel free to go back and listen to those. Um, There's tons of information that's very helpful. And we will catch you next time. Bye, ladies. Bye.